Welcome to Impact Unicorns, the podcast where you meet inspirational entrepreneurs building the next generation of transformative companies. And now, here is your host, Dr. Injernil Ghosh, award-winning author, investor, and advisor to global leaders. Welcome to another episode of Impact Unicorns, and today I'm delighted to have Robert Hoking, Managing Partner of Greenbackers Investment Capital, which is a Glasgow-based venture capital firm backing net zero companies in earth tech, ocean tech, and green tech. Hello, and welcome to the show, Robert. Andrew thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Robert, we always like to start off these episodes understanding a little bit about you um, and uh, the personal journey that our entrepreneurs are going through. So can you tell us about the origins of Robert Hokin, the entrepreneur and venture investor? Oh, my. That's a, that's a long story back. Uh, that takes me back to when I was 25. I'm a bit older. My hair's uh, not so dark. Uh, sometimes my heart's not so light. But uh, I, I started my life out after university uh, with an interest in the ocean. Uh, uh, not a conventional interest in the ocean. I, I decided to become a ship captain. My, my family thought I'd lost my mind. Uh, but I, I had a great time and it culminated in, in getting a master's uh, papers to run tall ships. And I was very happy doing that. Uh, I, I got to, uh, well, I got to sail about four of the seven seas, didn't make them all. A significant event happened when I was 25. My, my father's business went bankrupt. He had an undiagnosed case of Alzheimer's. And uh, I went back to see what I could do. Uh, I, I pulled together some friends and family to try to help rescue the company out of bankruptcy court. And, and then it was kind of like a chapter out of It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, they all said, we'll help this company come out of bankruptcy, but Robert, you've got to run it. And uh, that was the condition. And I didn't want to see my father go down the tube. So I agreed. But what did I know about running a business uh, at the time? Uh, I was good at managing men and, and women uh, on, uh, on tall ships, but uh, uh, that was my first, almost a trial by fire. I had 25 mouths that I had to feed. The, the staff that I inherited with this business it was a tool and equipment leasing business. And uh, it was a success. I mean, I, had, I learned everything. I learned about sales and marketing and back office operations and doing the books. I worked probably 15, 16 hour days. I was younger there. Then I had the stamina. And uh, I spent three years being scared to death that I was going to fail. And that was, uh, that was a huge motivator. Uh, we turned it around. We were cash positive in, in 12 months. Uh, we started to build, we started to grow. And then about 36 months in, uh, Stanley Ventures, who was expanding in Chicago, this is where I, I grew up and where the business was based, uh, made us an offer and I gave him the keys. It was for a good amount of money. My dad could retire. I had some change in my pocket. And I, I, I went to travel. I found myself in Europe. And, and, and almost on a whim, I applied to a, uh, a management uh, induction uh, a program from ABB back in the day, Asia Brown Bavari, when Percy Barnabic was running the show. 
I had a decent college degree. Uh, I had some commercial experience under my belt and uh, I got in. And, and, and they did a couple of things back in, in, in the day, ABB. They would either give you a, coming out of management training, they would give you a business division uh, to run or, or they kind of bounce you around as a, as a troubleshooter. And they did the latter with me. So I touched a lot of technology uh, uh, initiatives within the company, found myself in the venture side of the business, did some corporate venturing. Uh, uh, I, I seemed to take to it. And from ABB, uh, I was uh, poached by uh, WorldCom and uh, I was put into some uh, initiatives to, uh, to turn around uh, your company. So internal corporate turnarounds and one of those turnaround companies, I was a uh, telecommunications company, IDB Mobile, uh, was sold to uh, GEC Marconi, and I was sold along with it. So I found myself in Marconi, old English company. I was a shock to their system, and they were shocked to mine. Uh, and I, I became known as a, as a bit of a maverick, uh, a technology maverick, uh, who had an ability to get things done. And uh, we were doing technology rollout. Uh, we built the internet at, uh, at, at Marconi, a lot of commercial applications as well. So telepresence in the early days, uh, mobile satellite uh, technology uh, in, in, in the early days, uh, had a great time. But as you may know uh, or remember, uh, Andrew Neil Marconi uh, flamed out of the Fusti. Uh, it's now a uh, Harvard Business School case study on how to how to crash a business, and and the the, the management board got seduced by uh, the analysts saying pile everything into telecommunications, which they did, and they overleveraged themselves, and 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 they 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 died as a consequence of the first internet bubble. Me, I did great, <laughs> made a lot of money, got a lot of bonuses. Uh, I had fun there. And uh, I, after Marconi, I bounced around a little bit. I, I was looking, considered myself, well, maybe I'm an angel in the making and uh, maybe I can uh, you know, get involved in another business. I didn't want to start anything from scratch. And, uh, you know, word gets out and uh, I, I was pulled into a, uh, a startup as uh, quality assurance of software testing. Uh, didn't know much about that, but I certainly knew how to run a business. And within eight, 18 months from start, we were turning over about $5 million, And uh, I, I thought it was time to take an exit. Uh, quality assurance software testing was kind of a bit dull for me. Uh, but it was lucrative, but dull. And uh, so I sold my interest. And uh, 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 it's funny, at, a, at a, uh, uh, an investor summit, this is back in 2005 now. Uh, I've been in the UK for uh, 15, uh, 15 years. Uh, at this investor summit, I heard cleantech for the first time and I almost you know, grabbed the guy's arm off and said, cleantech, what's that? Tell me about that. And this was in, this was in 2005 when, yeah, exactly. No one knew what that was, but it, it must have been sort of a, you know, a, a brand new term around the you know, industry. It, well, it, it, it was, and, and you know, it, and, you know it's you know, short for clean technology, and, and you know, I, it took me about 20 seconds to get it. You know, it's used to refer to your know, companies and technologies that aim 
to improve environmental sustainability. And you know, the, the, the challenge for the human race now is that we have spent the last 150 years uh, using up the planet, using up our resources. Uh, and uh, you know, the climate emergency, it didn't just happen, we've made it happen uh, you know, as, as just a consequence of existing on the planet. And, and I'm a big believer that technology, because I'm a technology guy, uh, I think technology can make a difference in, in helping reverse the damage that we've, we've done. And I also saw the business opportunity. You know, so I saw the need, you know, because in one respect, human species, we're, we're a bit like locusts. But I saw the business opportunity as an entrepreneur, and I thought, this is an area that's, that's very interesting, very cool. My family thought it was cool as well, and you know, my I don't think my daughters had ever you know, ascribed the 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 term "cool" to uh, to to me before. So that was that was kind of interesting. Hold well. on a second. Let's take a, a pause here. So you're you're in your thirties, probably still. You've turned around your dad's business and sold it. You made a series of other exits. You've worked in so many different um, technological areas, both uh, cutting edge and also mature. You've worked as uh, in, in in large companies driving their business initiatives. You've um, you know worked in startups, so it's a it's a very diverse experience. So, are you at that stage, Robert? You know, feeling you know fully equipped to launch into something like clean tech, which is a frontier. It's not you know uh, building on something. It's really making something out of nothing. What gives you the confidence to you know? plunge into something that's so new and uh, uh, maybe uncertain at that time? It's a great question. And, and, I, and, and actually, Andrew, no, I didn't have the confidence. Uh, I, I didn't know where to start. Uh, and I didn't want to just hurdle into a company, perhaps buy into a company or start a company in that space before I knew what was going on. So uh, I was frustrated uh, after that investor conference because I was trying to learn about the sector. But I'm one of these guys that likes to go out to network. I like to go to conferences. I like to go to forum. I guess that's pre-lockdown. Uh, but um, there was no place to do this back in 05, 06. And, and, and so I decided to start a forum, set it up as a not-for-profit. Uh, it gave me the ability to get uh, uh, law firms, accountancy firms to give me their premises for nothing. And, and I started to assemble industry experts to talk about a technology session. We used to do one a month. It was called EcoConnect. And, and it, it meant to actually try to assemble the audience in climate and clean tech in the UK when there was no audience. Mm. And uh, we started out talking about, I mean, one month it would be solar, one month it'd be uh, e-mobility, another month it'd be energy to waste. We covered so many different subjects, and and I got to uh, to interview and and speak to industry experts, technology people. I remember uh, uh, Jeremy Leggett coming on to uh, one of our panels when he was just uh, you know getting going. Uh, uh, we had investors in the room. We had uh, uh, we had policymakers in the room. It was quite a scrum. And having done that. You know, we, we ran about 150 of these uh, events. I just did it with you know me and 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 an intern, uh, uh, and uh, and and eventually my wife came to join me. Uh, she's a uh, 
her her background is in uh, is was in government and and marketing. Uh, she writes the novels, but uh, back then she helped me with the business. So it was a very very small initiative. It's meant to be a very small and lean. <laughs> Small, but at the same time, you're building the ecosystem. You're, you're kind of the grandfathering it, as it were. So uh, talk about leadership in a new space, but that's incredible. I, I still talk to people who, who came to some of the first uh, EcoConnect uh, programs. So we, you know, we assembled about 14,000 delegates coming to 150 events before it was over. And, and how Greenbackers, Greenbackers actually started from that. Mm. Uh, I didn't set out to create Greenbackers. Greenbackers kind of landed on my on my uh, in my lap. Uh, what was happening at the conferences was you know, the uh, inevitable networking, uh, and and technology uh, uh, founders would note that there were investors in the room, and uh, were always tugging on my sleeve. Can you introduce me? And and of course. You know, in an open forum, that wasn't uh, easy. Sometimes I didn't even know who was in the room. You know, in uh, in in a in a crowded room. So we started uh, Greenbackers uh, almost as a pitch event, uh, and we would uh, uh, we would uh, get a uh, a boardroom that a law firm or county practice would would donate to us. We pull in about five to ten companies, and um, uh, we pull in investors. And uh, we'd let the deals commence, and we got a little bit of a, of a commission out of deals that were done. And Greenbackers kind of evolved from that. Mm-hmm. So what started as a pitch is now a, a, a full service funding as a service program to help uh, investors connect with great ventures in this space, and vice versa. And you're also building a venture fund on top of that, from what I understand. We are. Uh, we're in the middle of our FCA uh, uh, process to uh, to get uh, uh, certified. Uh, uh, we'll look to uh, once we get that certification. Should be around November or so. Uh, look to uh, campaign a uh, a venture fund. Uh, we're looking to raise uh, between fifty and hundred million to actually to invest on deals on our platform. And I'll I'll come to that when you're when you're ready to hear it. Over the past 20 years, I've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs to build impact unicorns. In my experience, every company that has a transformative positive effect on the world does so by building strong partnerships with communities, investors, and governments to solve society's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more about how innovative entrepreneurs can help to build a more sustainable and inclusive future, Read my award-winning book, Powering Prosperity, A Citizen's Guide to Shaping the 21st Century. Yeah, well, let's go into that right now. I mean, you know, Greenback, as you've been developing it, you know, for a decade uh, or more, and, you know, it's a business uh, entrepreneurship story in its own right. Uh, Tell us a little bit about some of the, the landmark moments, you know, what made Greenbackers what it is today, what are some of the lessons you've learned? How could you have maybe accelerated and done things, uh, you know, differently in hindsight? I'm not sure I would have done anything differently because I'm very comfortable with the place that we're at right now. And it's been quite an evolution. I mean, who could have predicted the pandemic a couple of years ago? Uh, and, and actually our reaction to the pandemic has been critical in our, in our growth. 
Um, so we're we are doing some uh, uh, corporate finance advisory, uh, helping uh, uh, firms generally raising a Series A or a Series B fundraise, uh, connect to investors, and at the same time we're in, analyzing the investor. Uh, landscape uh, as far as who's investing in in clean tech and climate. I started to seek out like-minded uh, uh, people in uh, in in this space, and I was very lucky in my in in my uh, conversations. And these are people that I knew at EcoConnect, who were uh, also corporate finance advisors, but kind of doing it on their own. And and I invited them to come and and join the Greenbackers brand. Uh, which was established was becoming a known quantity, and one of the first uh, to to join was uh, uh, John Steedman, who was ex co-founder of BP Ventures. Um, one of the you know the the, the, you know, the finest minds. He's a research chemist uh, by background. One of the finest minds I've ever come across, and uh, he was instrumental in helping us to design what's now become the. Greenbacker Showcase. That's a that's a deal platform. Andrew Smith, ex Scottish Investment Bank. Uh, when he went private sector, I pulled him into the program, and and recently Mark Hannigan, who he's a Scot but it's based in Houston, uh, private equity background, uh, who's been uh, key to uh, you know, helping our our strategy as far as fundraising is concerned. Uh, you know, came into the program as as well. We've got some associates uh, in 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 the program, but you know, you asked about the uh, the the platform. Uh, it's a consequence of the pandemic because we continued our pitch program, and we were having these sessions where we would have fifty funds in the room that we had invited that we knew. We do these in London. We would have between five and ten companies ventures who are raising funding that we had vetted, that were good, we do some coaching, put them through their paces, help them get investment ready, and, and, and let the pitching commence. And, and that, was, that was great. Uh, we were getting one, two, three companies funded every cycle. We'd run it twice a year. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. Uh, uh, and we couldn't do that anymore. We had to decide what to do. And uh, what we decided to do was go digital. So we went from uh, a live event to an online event. And Andrew, no, we went from 50, 60 funds in the room to over 300 in, wow. in, our, wow. in our first outing. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were saying too. Uh, and uh, it, it really woke us up. So we did a couple of things. We, we had looked at uh, the rise of crowdfunding and thought, well, why don't we do something like that? But you know, our crowd doesn't invest 25 pounds. They invest 250,000 pounds and upwards. So we put some conditions on, on uh, investor entry and then built this platform to uh, profile uh, great deals that we would coach and introduce them to uh, funders that we would vet uh, we do uh, uh, we we do vetting of you know KYC vetting of the cup, uh, customers uh, yeah, coming in and uh, and bringing these two audiences together. So it's a curated deal platform that we've built. 
it hadn't been for the pandemic, it probably would have taken us ages to, to, to come to that opportunity. So that was just being nimble, uh, reacting on our feet and, and dealing with the, the fact that, you know, people can't get face to face, you know, for, for some time and an indefinite period of time. And we're just coming out of beta with that now. Oh, terrific. And so now you've got the, the platform coming of age, you brought in some really top people, built up the investor network, put it on a digital platform, and it's really beginning to run on steroids and you're into sort of raising your own fund. Tell us a little bit about some of the amazing companies that are on the platform right now. There are a couple of examples you can tell us about of uh, the interesting business models that they're, they're um, developing. Oh my God. I mean, there's, yeah, we're just about to launch 26 uh, 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 companies onto the platform as part of our 26 for COP26 program that, that actually launches today. So we've been working with, we had 120 plus apply for that uh, platform. There's some very, very innovative companies out there. One then that I uh, am particularly fond of is a uh, an outfit called uh, MacReber. MacReber is a uh, uh, a Lockerbie-based uh, a program that takes hard-to-treat uh, waste plastic and uh, turns it into a polymer that can go into tarmac to make basically plastic roads, more robust roads that are uh, more weather-resistant. Uh, they're rolling out uh, internationally now. Uh, the pandemic slowed them down a bit, but they're 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 coming back now. They've just done a crowdfunding round. Um, and uh, a great company, uh, certainly uh, ones that I, uh, I, I think are, are worth watching. Um, we talk to, we look at Agritech, uh, we, and, and uh, there's an outfit called Seawater Solutions that you'll be, investors will be able to uh, see on the platform. And, uh, and basically what they're trying to do is, is, is turn, you know, degraded and climate affected land into you know, healthy wetland ecosystems where food can be grown with salt water. Fantastic technology. We're just getting into how that how 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 that program works. Uh, I think uh, one of the interesting things for me, you know, having written a book about economic development in general, is you mentioned Lockerbie. Maybe you can explain to the audience, you know, where Lockerbie is, because it's not you know, perhaps well known to the whole world, and also this this wetland development. I mean, presumably you're, you're developing lands where there's relatively little economic activity at the moment. So, the amazing economic you know um, blossoming that comes of, of of entrepreneurship and innovation of this kind is, I think, itself a story. Well, it's interesting, and 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 it's a fascinating story with McReber. I mean, they were. They, they they launched their company uh, uh, three friends uh, uh, whose combined names uh, uh, are Mac Reber um, uh, and uh, uh, they had seen uh, when they were in uh, you know, taking a holiday in uh, in India they had seen uh, uh, you know, people uh, melting plastic to fill up potholes. And uh, uh, one of them was a chemist and said, well, that's an interesting concept. And, and the company was born from that. Now Lockerbie is, is in, in near the Scottish uh, borders. Uh, you know, it's a uh, kind of a, 
uh, industrial stroke agricultural area, uh, not much around there, but that's where they live. Uh, uh, however, you know, this company is doing business globally. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, economic ecosystems. I mean, for um, seawater solutions, uh, you know, developing you know nature-based agrosystems for climate adaptation that could be used anywhere around the the world. I mean, they're you know, they're trialing this in 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 Vietnam. Uh, uh, we've uh, uh, we're working with them now to uh, uh, gain next stage funding uh, for commercial rollout. So you know they have a product. They're looking to, to to get it out into the uh, uh, into the marketplace, and uh, you know the companies that we typically deal with are not just they may be UK based, they may be internationally based. All of them have international uh, you know, ambitions and and potential. Yeah, I think this sort of uh, global uh, from day one uh, model that I see increasingly, especially in this sort of e- ecotech, if you can call it that. Uh, space is is really remarkable. It's not just digital, you know, businesses that can scale and and, and globalize quickly. It seems to be spreading to the rest of the economy, which is great to see. Now, uh, I think people can go on your platform and find out a lot more about the many, many other amazing companies um, uh, that you have on it. But let's talk a little bit about uh, your broader reach now, because you're so heavily involved in COP26. Uh, Can you tell, tell us a little bit about what that is and what you're doing to enrich that forum. Sure. So COP26 is the next annual UN climate change conference. And COP stands for Conference of the Parties. And and the summit is attended by countries that signed the UN uh, Framework Convention on Climate Change. It it, it came into force in 1994. And and this is the 26th summit. It's happening in Glasgow. It's literally 20 25 minutes walk from my front door. And uh, uh, it's being held a year later than originally planned uh, due to the pandemic. And and this is gonna be one of the biggest environmental summits, or if not the biggest that the UK has ever hosted. You know, we're expecting around 30,000 attendees, um, not a great carbon footprint, but uh, uh, and all, by all signs it'll go ahead as a full as a fully physical event. Uh, a lot of people are seeing it as the most significant climate event since the 2015 Paris Agreement when all the signatories, uh, global governments uh, agreed to keep temperatures below two degrees uh, at pre-industrial levels and to uh, pursue efforts to limit the temperature increase. Um, for me, uh, COP26 is absolutely critical. It's It's the first, it's a moment when countries must set out ambitious goals for ending their contribution to climate change under the Paris Agreement. I hope they do. Uh, so, but binding goals this time. Binding goals this time, yes. I mean, you know, I, I, I think tackling climate change now is the biggest challenge facing our, our, our generation, you know, and, and transition to, 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 to clean uh, uh, industrial practices. Uh, uh, if we're going to uh, reach net zero goals by you know, 2050 or, or earlier. I hope I'm around at 2050. The good news is I think some countries have already set out their store with some binding targets. Um, I'm, I'm even hoping that by the time we get to COP26 and in the run-up to it, that we're 
well into the the dialogue and the implementation of measures to you know prevent climate change. And some of the companies and uh, the explosion of innovation that you're part of has got to be a critical component of that. So tell us about what you're doing in terms of infusing you know COP26 with actual you know uh, companies, innovation, and action. Well, we've been running pitch programs for quite a bit and 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 we've been a little frustrated with the pace of investment into uh, into the climate uh, uh, arena uh, although it's expanding exponentially i think uh, a combination of uh, of the pandemic uh, uh, climate activism uh, uh, and uh, and and ESG, uh, you're coming into uh, uh, into uh, into the fore, into corporate uh, boardrooms has has created the conditions for greater investment in this sector. And uh, uh, but it, ha- it, it for me, it never happens fast enough. And and we thought, well, you know, it's COP26. We have this pitch program. We tend to take five to ten companies. To the market wouldn't be cool to to do 26. Let's choose 26 companies because it's COP 26. So we put out an open call, and we had over 120 apply to it. We've chosen 26 of the of what we feel are the are the best, the most interesting, the most climate impacting, and also the most fundable. Uh, and uh, putting them on our, our our platform and introducing them to our our global audience of of investors. We we have about a hundred funds now on our platform. It's just come out of beta. By midsummer, we'll have three hundred uh, funds on the platform. By the time the cop rolls around, about five hundred uh, funds on the platform. And and this is not just. A, a, a traditional pitch, it's almost an anti-pitch. So what we're doing is rather than one day of you know, companies pitching like a Dragon's Den, we'll have six months of funding uh, uh, support. We'll do investor roundtables, uh, uh, really bring the audience together, you know, the investor audience uh, uh, into, into these companies and, and share these funding opportunities with them. And, and we launched the program to harness the global focus on COP26. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of, there's still, in my opinion, there's been a lot of talk about target setting lately, but if we're gonna make net zero reality by 2050 or sooner, you know, investment capital needs to flow faster into uh, clean tech startups that, that can and will make a difference. And so our, our we call it 26 for COP26. Uh, it's an action program and, and our way of catalyzing that investment. Fabulous, fabulous. Uh, and just for the audience's benefit, uh, can you tell us when COP26 is, a, is taking place and if people want to attend, uh, what they should be doing? Well, there's uh, the, the, the COP will take place between uh, the 1st and the 12th of November. There will be a number of pre-COP activities. Uh, I, I think just, I mean, you could come onto the Greenbackers website, we'll do our best to, 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 to certainly highlight the things that we're doing and, and others. 
were involved with uh, organizations such as uh, the Solar Impulse Foundation. And Solar Impulse Foundation is just a, a fascinating program in its own right. It was founded by a, a, a man by the name of Bertrand Picard. He's a French national hero. And, and you may know him as the guy who uh, flew the solar powered airplane around the world. Yeah. He, he started a, a foundation to identify companies that can change the world and, and, and help them commercialize. Uh, we're technical uh, sponsors of, uh, of that program. We work closely with Solar Impulse Foundation. Uh, and uh, so what they're doing as far as identifying uh, uh, technologies is, is super important for us because you know, we're trying to get those technologies uh, uh, funded. And there's things that uh, 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 there'll be a lot of side meetings. Uh, we'll be hosting a, um, a showcase event for these 26 companies that we will have raised funding for, uh, or certainly be close to raising funding for uh, at the COP. So we'll be hosting a, a, a big showcase uh, uh, at, uh, uh, at an exhibition center that will uh, host live and also live stream. So you know, if, you, if you can't make it to Glasgow and if you are coming to Glasgow, you better book your tickets, uh, at least your hotel accommodation quickly, because I'm not sure that we can handle 30,000 people coming here uh, in, uh, in November, but uh, there'll be a lot of activities and, and we hope to be a, 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 one of the centers of activity during, uh, during that time. Well, there you have it. November this year, 2021, Glasgow, COP26, book your tickets. And if you want to find out more about Greenbackers, Robert, where can people go to find out about uh, what you're doing? Pretty easy. It's greenbackers.com. Uh, there's, uh, there's a corporate video uh, uh, up there as well, and you can learn about our, our journey and why we're doing it and, uh, and how you might uh, get involved, uh, depending on if you're a, a, a a founder, a technology developer raising funding, uh, an investor, or just somebody who's interested in the uh, in the area wants to uh, wants to get in deeper. Robert, thanks so much for your uh, time and your you know amazing uh, uh, perspectives. Thanks for sharing your your journey as well, which is incredibly varied and um, I think uh, gave you a, a tremendous range of experiences that has made you. Uh, as successful as you are today with, with Greenbackers and, and best of luck with your endeavors there and with COP26. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, Andrew. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode of Impact Unicorns, don't forget to rate and review this show by scrolling down and clicking rate this podcast. And join me next week as I talk to more inspirational entrepreneurs building the next generation of transformative companies.